0: Hi, everybody. This is Peter Diamandis, and welcome to our next episode of Exponential Wisdom with my dear friend and my coach, Dan Sullivan. So, Dan, last time we talked about the abundance mindset, and this time I'd like to speak about an exponential mindset. Mm -hmm. As you've noted, you know, it's not natural to us. Our brains evolved in a world that was local and linear, that you know, the world around you operate linearly, you know, the river, the lion moving towards you was moving at a linear rate. And you had to calculate whether you could get into your cave or up the tree before it attacked you. But we're living in a world today that is anything but local and linear, it's global and exponential. And training yourself to have that kind of a mindset, I think is critically important. What are your thoughts about this?
1: You know, one of the things that I'm interested in is politics and social things. And yeah, I've been marinated in this since I was four years old. And, <laughs> you know, it's something that I pay attention to. If there's a constant issue in politics that goes back millennia, it's the problem of the inequality in a society. Mm. You know, for the last couple hundred years, it's been income and it's been economic wealth. But I would say, That's kind of a result. You know, I think income and wealth is a result of something deeper. And I think the deeper thing, and we can talk about some great examples of this because you have hunt out for the last couple of decades of your life in an industry that's an exponential industry. And you know, a lot of the thinking, they just consider it normal that you would think in exponentials. And if you look at the greatest difference, the cause of the greatest difference between haves and have-nots, thinking about it, people who are linear thinkers versus exponential thinkers would be a good place to start your examination. That people who think exponentially, their incomes are going to be amazingly bigger Mm -hmm. and their wealth is going to be amazingly bigger than the people who are linear, but they're working the same amount of time. I mean, they have 24-hour days too. They have 60-minute hours and everything like that. They're just doing something different with their time with capabilities that are either just linear capabilities or exponential capabilities. That's how I would approach it for my world, that if you don't want to talk about that, then you're not going to come up with any interesting answers.
0: We talk about having an exponential mindset, having an exponential organization. And you need to train yourself on because our brains are wired to think in a linear fashion? And the reality is that the tools you have are not changing in a linear fashion. They are changing exponentially. When I talk about the tools, I mean computation, sensors, networks, artificial intelligence, robotics, 3D printing, synthetic biology, augmented virtual reality, blockchain technologies. These are all changing rapidly. And you're right. It's the individuals who look at their current business and say, okay, how could we do this differently one of my favorite examples, and I had the two founders on my stage mm-hmm. last year at Abundance 360, it's a company called Relativity Space. Two young 23-year-olds who, one of them working for Jeff Bezos at Blue Origins, one of them was working for Elon at SpaceX, and they said, well, how would we reinvent you know, the rocket business? Now, here they are working at two of the most extraordinary exponential organizations already, right? I mean, SpaceX and Blue Origin. And then they ask, well, what's the next leap? And people have to realize there's always the next leap. You know, mm-hmm. there is something better than Zoom, better than Amazon, better than mm-hmm. Apple. It's there for you to find and to create. And that's part of an abundance mindset. It's part of an exponential mindset. And they created a company called Relativity Space in which they're 3D printing 95% of the rocket. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, when you're able to think about 3D printing the entire rocket, I mean, they've gone to a multi-billion dollar valuation in just a few years. It's insane. What you can do in terms of your flexibility and your ability to like just print it 5% bigger or 10% bigger, whatever the case is, extraordinary. So you can look at exponentials everywhere, but it's tough. It's tough. something that everybody should realize. Exponential is a simple doubling, right? In a linear mindset, it's one, two, three, four, five. In exponential mindset, it's one, two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, and when you double something ten times, it's a thousand times bigger. Double it twenty mm-hmm. times, it's a million times. Double it thirty times, it's a billion times. And it's that disconnect between thirty mm-hmm. linear steps is thirty mm-hmm. meters, thirty exponential steps, a billion meters. Yeah, that's so massive and opportunistic.
1: Yeah. Well, the great fortunes of even the past centuries before. The technologies we have, they were still using a multiplier. One of the big multipliers of the past 200 years was the steam engine started it off, but the big thing was internal combustion engine was a huge multiplier. And so the fortunes build on cars, trucks, and everything else. But actually, one of the really big ones around, you know, 1500, 1400s was deep water navigation up until the 1500s. A sailing ship couldn't afford to get too far away from land because you would immediately lose your bearings. You know, the sextant and the chronometer that were created over the next couple of centuries meant that you could sail anywhere in the world and more or less know exactly where you were. And there were individuals who took advantage of that and countries that took advantage of that. Actually, the biggest corporation in the history of the world in relationship to its country was the East India Company, founded in 1600. But in 1800, they had an army and navy bigger than the British Navy and the British Army. They were a British corporation. They had 40,000, 50,000, you know, employees just in India, the East India Company. But they were exponential because they took advantage of, you know, deep water navigation. And so printing was exponentials. Reading was exponential, having an alphabet, a simple alphabet was sure. exponential, having the 10 digit numerical system with zero being the 10th one was uh, exponential. So we have all these exponential tools, which at any given time speeds something up so that there's inequality. I think the greatest thing that drives the world forward is a new shortcut, a new exponential shortcut that increases inequality.
0: Interesting. You know, and I think you raise a very important point that most people don't realize. When we think about exponential growth, I think about, oh, just the last 50 years of Moore's law, you know, with transistors doubling on a piece of silicon. But it's not the case. We've seen exponential tools driving exponential growth since the first Flint axe or whatever was created, where we magnified human muscle power. And it's these inflection points that move things. And I think we're going to see this continuation of new tools that are created that we could not have imagined life before that. We take so much of what we have for granted today, right? Yeah.
1: At the end of the summer, you sent me a 37-minute video. They were really quick reports. They were like 90-second reports on the part of cutting-edge scientists in doctors in the longevity field. Yes. And you could take any one of those and say, what if it really developed the way they're seeing it to develop? It would create an exponential. in certain individuals who took advantage of exponential, they would have a certain kind of certainty that they could live another 20, 25 years that they can plan for. And I think longevity is actually one of the great exponentials. All the medicine and technology that's contributing If you're interested in it, first of all, you got to be interested. And we can talk about the longevity mindset
0: on another
1: thing. But my feeling is that nothing's useful unless you have a goal for it.
0: Yeah. Like you say, your eyes only see and your ears only hear what you're looking for. So what is your goal? And that brings me to another point. Most people don't realize that you back into the mindsets you have. Your mindset has come from where you were born, the people you hang out with. And I think ultimately your mindset is the most important tool that you as an entrepreneur have. And so doesn't it make sense if that's the case for you to actively choose your mindset, not to just let it happen to you? So, you know, I teach and I work on it at Abundance 360, as you all know, is helping entrepreneurs actively choose and shape specific mindsets. We talk about abundance, exponential mindset, longevity mindset, a moonshot mindset, a gratitude mindset. And the way that you choose it, I mean, you can understand the benefits, we can talk about the benefits, but then you need to create in your life overwhelming evidence for that mindset that helps you see it and reinforce it over and over again.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I've really focused on at Strategic Coach is thinking tools, which produce a different kind of mindset just by going through, you know, a half hour of thinking and certain concepts that favor you know, if you have a goal and you're excited about the goal, stop yourself from saying, how are you going to do it? Who's going to do it for you? Yes. One of the chapters in the book, this is the book, Who Not How, that's out in the market right now, is a manufacturer in China who felt the need to create a new factory in India to diversify his centers. And he did it in six hours with six impact filters. Mm -hmm. He went through the head of the Indian Trade Commission in China, who directed him to another individual, who directed him to another individual. In six months, he had a factory that in the second half year produced $30 million of revenue. I said, what's the impact of doing this in six hours? And I asked him, how long did it take you? He says, six hours, half hour for the impact filter, half hour for the conversation. I asked, he's about 60. He's about 60, he's been in this business for 35 years. And I said, now combined with Zoom, because Zoom happened at the same time. So you've got a concept, a mindset called who, not how, and you've got a technology that removes the transportation and travel barriers that you might have had. He was on this morning. He just checked in for a couple hours this morning. And I said, how are you feeling right now after this past year? doing the who, not how, and Zoom, and he said, I'm 20 again. (laughs) Yeah. He says, I've got a bigger future now at 60 than I ever had at 20. So,
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And that is, by the way, part of the abundance mindset that we spoke about is seeing a bigger future for yourself, that every year there's more and more, and you know, and exponential tools play in that they give you the ability to communicate with not just your town or village, with the world. They yep. enable you to manufacture, to design, to create, to gather data, to yep. analyze the data.
1: I'll give you a little sample that Dean Jackson presented. Please. I have a podcast with Dean Jackson, which is called Welcome to Cloudlandia. He gave a example. There's a man who is called Mr. Beast. That's his name. He's Mr. Beast. Okay. And he's 23 years old, and he's got 50 million YouTube followers. He's a YouTube influencer. Okay. And he does his own stuff, and he interviews people. And he's 23, and he's wealthy beyond what he's ever going to need. So he did a neat thing. I would say about five weeks ago, within the click of a computer, he created 300 new hamburger restaurants in the United States. There was a lot of work beforehand, but what he created was an add-on hamburger menu, a new special hamburger menu that has a coaching program and it has everything that an existing successful hamburger restaurant can actually just digitally put in on top of there. And then he got the agreements and he has a lot of who's to go out and do the footwork for him and everything else. And then he's touched a button and immediately I looked on and sure enough, they're leading with it's called Beast Burger. So the restaurant just upgrades its whole capability. But what he'll bring to you is tens of thousands of local fans of his YouTube. So He's probably got 10, 15, maybe 30,000 fans in Toronto, and now they're going to go to this restaurant that serves Beast Burgers. Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, just 23 years old. You know, he's got 15 million followers, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's six years old who demonstrate new toys who have three or four million followers. I tell
0: you, unboxing videos are crazy, right? <laughs> when my boys were three or four, they just, they're glued by the way, we are shipping out a huge Abundance 360 box to all of our virtual members this year with a bunch of fun tech and elements that can bring the A360 experience to you. And I just filmed an unboxing video as well. Yeah. Let's see if I hit 30 million viewers on that. <laughs> Anyway, when I think about an exponential mindset, it's important for individuals when they're looking at their business to say, okay, you know, it all starts with the six Ds that we've talked about, which is how do I digitize my business and how do I dematerialize it, demonetize it, democratize it, right? So everybody can realize that you can digitize every aspect of your business, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's Strategic Coach or button 360 going virtual, that allows you to democratize it, dematerialize the physical element, and if you choose, you can do the cost-benefit analysis of increasing the number of people and lowering the cost per person yep. or creating different tiers. Yep. And I think ultimately that's the number one, the on-ramp for an exponential mindset is what am I not digitizing that I should be? And then once things are ones and zeros, they're bits, you then have a whole slew of technologies. This year, one of the areas we're going to get into deeply is the spatial web. Mm-hmm. And this is going beyond Zoom. This is, you know, with your Oculus Quest 2, this is the combination of AI, VR, blockchain technologies. And so my prediction for Coach and for A360 is in the next few years, we're going to shift beyond just a flat screen to Mm -hmm. an experience where you are like, the difference between being physically in Toronto or being physically in the vr world is very little but the benefits are massive for being in the vr world
1: yeah peter i was going to ask you a question about this because ken newman was in for his workshop yesterday and he said that he had been talking to you and he brought up the vision that you're talking about right now from a standpoint of who uses it first one of the interesting things about any technological breakthrough who are the earliest adapters because this really provides them something that they crucially need. I mean, nobody would have switched over a Zoom if they didn't have transportation taken away from them. So from your standpoint of where the front lines are on this and who is absolutely buying into it, who is it?
0: In the spatial web, what we're going to see, first of all, a lot of the apps I'm seeing right now are exercise apps. There's a great app. The CEO of a company called Supernatural Chris Milk is going to be one of our speakers at at A360. And it's an incredible workout app that allows you to work out in the most beautiful places on the planet and get a good cardiovascular exercise and have fun and time flies by. It's going to be interactive meetings. It's going to be engineering where you want to sit down with a fellow engineer who's in India or China or in Boston, wherever, and look at a three-dimensional machine together and rotate it and discuss how to do it. It's these kinds of technologies. I mean, obviously, pornography moves in that direction as well. Dirty tech is always one of the early entries, you know, but games will certainly be there. Well, games are, I mean, I should start with that, right? So look at Oculus 2, what the most popular downloads on Oculus, it's all games.
1: I know because I have always had a stream of special forces veterans who've come through coach as entrepreneurs, you know, Navy SEALs, Delta Force. They train using simulations. They reproduce exactly where they're going. They've got the dimensions. They know where the doors are. They know where the windows are, everything, and they know the path and everything like that. So the military. I always have been struck throughout history, certainly since technology's been a big thing, that, that it's always the military. It's kids and adolescence and it's porn, you know, all the breakthroughs. And I was thinking, well, why is that? And I said, Well, military's life and death. Yeah. Kids are finding unintended uses. <laughs> yep. Big thing with kids, they say, Well, I know it was designed for this, but I want to do it for that. So they're great experimenters and I don't have to go into the motivations for porn. Yeah. You know, I mean, the gaming industry as a sport is bigger than football, basketball, baseball, and hockey put together oh, worldwide. It's, I mean, they don't even show up on the radar screen compared to yeah, gaming.
0: It's insane. These are multi tens of billions of dollars individually. One of my A three sixty members Mark Merrill is the CEO of one of the largest gaming companies on the planet. They're owned in part by the Chinese. But, I mean, their assets, their games are worth tens of billions of dollars per asset. Yeah. One of the gaming companies, Roblox, that's about to go public, you know, is going public for like $30 billion out of the gate. So, ultimately, what you're doing is you're grabbing attention. Which we started, one of our last episodes, talk about abundance mindset. What is typically the scarcest thing we have is our time and our attention. Mm -hmm. And so if you can grab people's attention and grab their time, then you are tapping into the most scarce thing they have, and that drives your value up. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, and it's always going to be extraordinarily unequal, you know, like certain individuals just take to it. You know, I still have, I would say, probably... 20% of my existing client base who refused to come to a Zoom workshop, they said, it can't be the same. And I said, we have to have a special workshop for them that they don't cut their throats when they come to their first and say, for a year I could have had this and I didn't (laughs) do it. And I said, you guys... I always talk about the two caterpillars. There's two caterpillars out for a crawl, and they're, you know, they're gossiping about caterpillar stuff, and a butterfly goes overhead, and one says, you'll never get me up in one of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. Yeah. But,
1: you know, those who are going to do it are going to do it. And a community forms around it. Then you get a critical mass of users. And then after a while, it's normal, you know.
0: You know, let me talk to our community here about one of the important elements of an exponential mindset, which is, can you create what I call an interface moment? And what is that? So we've got exponential technologies coming online all the time. And one of the greatest ones was ARPANET which in the fifties became the internet, right? So ARPA, which now is DARPA, it used to be the Advanced Research Projects Agency part of the military. There were supercomputers located at MIT, at Harvard, at Stanford, you know, University of Illinois, and there were just a few of them. So ARPANET were able to connect these supercomputers and then they put terminals at other universities so you could get access to these. And eventually that became the backbone of the internet. And using those terminals was very difficult. And accessing, you know, the interface to ARPANET was very challenging. And this young guy, Mark Andreessen, who's then a undergrad University of Illinois at Urbana, creates this software tool called Mosaic. Mm-hmm. And Mosaic became the interface to the ARPANET. And we went from 26 effectively websites to thousands of websites in the first year, to hundreds of thousands in the next year, to millions in the next year. And so one of the things always is, can you create for your business, a user interface moment where you interface with the user, Mm -hmm. and then you allow the user to interface with this massive exponential capability, but make it dead simple for them. Yep. And if you can do that, then it's awesome, right? iTunes was a user interface moment for music or just the Apple Store for the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And there's countless of these, but that's what we all need to be looking for is how to create a user interface moment where it's so easy and so simple. And all of a sudden, my users, my customers find it super easy to use all of this. Besides giving examples,
1: Peter, would you say that if you were putting together First principles and then moving on to understanding all the dimensions. Is that where you would start with that moment? Because it seems to me it takes in economics, it takes in technology, it takes in psychology. It it seems to me that you're combining a lot of different
0: PowerPoints. You are. You are. So it's digitizing the stuff that you do Mm -hmm. and then creating a user interface moment. So Zoom is a user interface moment. Of sorts, right? It's creating a super simple user interface that is connecting you to the back end of this incredible gigabit network that we have. Mm -hmm. YouTube Mm -hmm. was a user interface moment in that regard. The Google search bar to a search algorithm that was very efficient. So, yeah, I'm always looking for okay, in what we're doing at a fundamental level, can I create a user interface moment? I think this is a
1: terrific idea. It kind of lets everybody in because our lives are really involved in just meeting the right people at the right time to do the right things. And it seems to me that you've created a concept that kind of takes all those factors into account.
0: Yeah, I think I'll develop a tool around it. Besides in 360 for four days in January, we do these five implementation workshops and maybe I'll do one on user interface moment Mm -hmm. because I think it's an important idea.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't want one?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is. And the other concept that goes along with that real quick is one that I first heard, you know, the executive team at Google talking about, which is a platform. You know, it's a tide that raises all boats. So how do you turn what you're doing into a platform? Mm-hmm. Because if you can become a platform, what a platform means is I create something that people build a business on top of, yep. right? So YouTube was a platform. So YouTube was, when Chad Hurley and Steve Chen created YouTube, it allowed people to earn a living on top of it. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. So how do you create a platform? Yeah, Netflix is a platform. Absolutely, right? And yeah. it's, um, I mean, it, there's thousands and thousands of, of platforms. And ultimately, that's what you want to be. You want to be a platform. Yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. Exciting stuff, and
1: with everything we're talking about, Peter, you only have to wait about 90 days, and you can tell a new story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's true. The speed is insane. <laughs> we got
1: the world on our side as far as coming up with interesting topics.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like when we get on our sessions here, so what do I talk to Dan about today? And then there's a, like an incredible amount of stuff to talk about. Yeah. So, what do you think? Do you want to talk about a longevity mindset? Oh, yeah. Story?
1: I have to tell you, this is the catnip mindset. This is catnip for humans. I bring up life extension, healthier, longer
0: life, and I like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, after all, it's the most extraordinary time ever to be alive. So, like, who doesn't want to see what the world's going to be like? Well, first of all, if you have a positive abundance mindset, you're not dystopian in your mind, right? Who doesn't want to see what the world's going to be like in 20 years or 30 years? I mean hell, we'll be living on Mars, on the moon, we'll be...
1: And everybody's got one of these that they're totally responsible for.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. We haven't even talked about the whole brain-computer interface world, which is, you know, how do you increase your intelligence? Because if you've got increased intelligence, your ability to make a dent in the universe is there. And it's going to be, you know, humans collaborating with AIs in incredible ways. Yeah. But... Oh, oh. all right. Longevity mindset next, my friend. Thank you, Peter. Take care,
1: pal.